Masechet Yoma, Daf Yod Gimel. We are going back to the Mishnah. Uh, Mishnah mentioned that according to Rabbanan, we get a replacement Kohen Gadol, just in case the Kohen Gadol um, becomes Pasul or Tameh. And uh, then we had the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says he needs also a replacement wife because the Kohen Gadol has to be married. And what if his wife should die? So you need a replacement wife. So we're going to go and analyze that their conversation and uh, dig deeper into uh, their reasoning of each side. So the rabbis uh, say back to, um, I'm sorry, I'm starting here. And now a question to the rabbis. The rabbis, you do worry about a possibility of something bad happening. Like, for example, if the Kohen Gadol becomes Tameh. So why aren't you worried about another possible negative thing happening, like the Kohen, uh, like the Kohen's wife dying? How come you don't say that you need a replacement wife? It depends on the statistics. It's, it's likely that someone becomes, becomes Tameh. There's so many ways to become Tameh. So we have to worry about that. The, the chances of this person suddenly dying on Yom Kippur itself are very unlikely. So we don't have to worry about unlikely possibilities. Okay, now the rabbis say back to the Biuda, there's no end to it. If you're going to worry about small possibilities, then okay, maybe the replacement wife will also die. So you need, maybe you need a third one or a fourth one, right? I mean, you can go on forever if you're going to worry about even the tiniest possible thing going wrong. So the Gemara says, They said the rabbis, you have a good. The rabbis have a good point, right? You don't worry about every little thing. How how will the Biuda respond? This is the difference between one person dying, the Kohen Gadol's wife. It could be, could happen, right? That she'll uh, she'll die. The chances that. His that his wife and the replacement wife will both die on Yom Kippur. That's not twice as unlikely. It's exponentially more uh, unlikely, which is true statistically. So therefore, but to that extent, you don't have to worry. So he's calculating the stats. A small chance, yes, but not an infinitesimal chance. He doesn't have to worry about. Okay, now Vidabanan. Uh, how would they respond to that? Uh, there is a difference between the, the cases. He says, no, the, the, the chances are both so small. If you're going to worry about one wife dying, then you may as well worry about two wives dying, and then you have to keep going. So Rabbanan say the, all the chances are so small that they really don't have to worry about them at all. And the Biuda says, no, this one is more, one person dying is more bigger chance that you do have to worry about not two. Now, how come the rabbis don't take their own advice? They say, if they just said, if you're going to worry about one, then worry about two. Why don't they apply that to the Kohen Gadol becoming Tameh? If the Kohen Gadol can become Tameh, why don't you worry that the replacement Kohen Gadol can also become Tameh? And now you need a uh, understudy for the understudy, right? Uh, if the president and the vice president are both uh, incapacitated, you get the, right, the speaker of the house. Why don't you have a third and a fourth Kohen Gadol ready? Uh, because you do worry about Tumat, it is more likely. No, you don't have to worry. This Kohen Gadol is vigilant. He's going to make sure not to become Tameh. He's going to be, be, be very careful. So we don't have to worry. It's very unlikely. Well, if he's so vigilant, then why do you need a replace, even one replacement uh, uh, Kohen Gadol? Kohen Gadol will be vigilant. So make up your mind. Uh, said, no, 
Kol Sheken, that means that is Tefeh, it's the opposite. Because he knows that there is a replacement Kohen Gadol, that's why the Kohen Gadol will be extra, extra careful. He knows that if he messes up and touches something he's not supposed to, then there's someone waiting to take his job. So that actually will encourage him to be extra vigilant. He calls him a Sada, like we saw yesterday, the same word used as a co-wife, who will always have jealousy and hatred. So, you know, the Kohen Gadol, if, if you would tell him, listen, Kohen Gadol, try not to become Tameh, but if you become Tameh, it's okay. Then he might not be so vigilant. So having the replacement there is not just is not just a safety net. It actually also will make him even more vigilant. All right, so that's a good, uh, it's a good psychological evaluation. All right, now uh, the next topic is we're going to go on for some time about this question. Misa gele betakanta. How, do, will it, how will it even help, according to the Biuda, you get this replacement woman? So she's uh, in some, you know, in some house nearby, just in case the Gun Gadol's wife dies. But she's not actually his wife, right? He's only married to the, the first wife. There's thus a, a woman in waiting, but she's not his, she's not, they're not married yet. So beto lav betohi. The whole point of this of this Biuda's law is. Uh, says um, right, um, that he the, the, the Kohen Gadol has to have a wife because he is going to atone for his own family and through that he'll understand what it means to atone for others and then he'll atone for the whole nation so it's important that he be married okay good we understand Beto means his wife but now if his wife should die there's another woman but that other woman he's not married to so it's not his, it's not his wife so how does it help that there's a wife in waiting so the answer is the Mekadeshla. Before Yom Kippur, they do Kiddushin. Gives a ring, Haret Mekudeshet. Okay, and now she's waiting. Nevertheless, they didn't do they didn't do nisuin. He didn't bring her into his home, right? Or, or a chupa. We make a chupa. It's like a symbolic home. You're bringing her in. They didn't do nisuin. They're not fully married, so they're not. Uh, it's not still not his wife. So we answered the Kanesla. He does, he does, he does uh, Nisuin too. Before him, Kippur, does Kiddushin, Nisuin, they have a whole wedding. And uh, now he's uh, fully married. All right, that sounds good. But there's no good either because the Torah says he has to, because then they'll have two wives. The Torah says he should atone for himself and his wife, Beto, not plural, Batim Shelo. Um, uh, so therefore he has to be married only to one wife, not to two. So this is now still a problem. And sir, he divorces her. Wait a second. If he divorces her, then we have the original question. What are you going to do? Before Yom Kippur, he does Kiddushin, does Nisuin, and gives her a get. Okay, but now he does not, they're not married anymore. So now you still have the same problem. If his wife should die, he's not divorced. Okay, this is like we're going around in circles. It's like a comedy show, right? Um, okay, we're going to see just an intro to what we're going to have. You know, this is... Um, a uh, very unusual style uh, of the next questions. We're going to see lots of questions and answers that eat there. They're just like uh, throwing darts at, at a board. Um, I think this is a, to try to explain the genre. You know, elsewhere, there's a midrash that says, Pasuk in Kohelet, that the words of Torah literally means like uh, a, a, a goad, a cattle goad, a cattle prod. It leads us on the right way, it shows us the right way to go. But the rabbis make a midrash, kedar banot is really two words, kadur banot. It's like a ball 
that the little girls play with when they play catch. One throws it to the other and they're having fun, right? One throws it too far, the other one tries to catch it too high. And uh, I think the rabbis are being playful here um, in, the, in their back and forth. It's almost like uh, they're throwing things out to the students. Now, I think not just playful, but also as a, as a logical exercise. Here, try this. Does this work? Will that work? You can see if you can find all the problems, see if you could find a solution to it. Okay, so that's an intro to the next, uh, the next few lines where we're going to see a very playful attitude and have fun with it. You can just imagine the rabbis in the Bet Midrash um, uh, uh, challenging and uh, having fun with their students. Okay, so now we have a bad, we're back to our problem that what do we do? How do we have him ha have one wife? And nevertheless, just in case the first wife dies, then he'll only have one wife left. So he can marry her, then he has two wives. If he doesn't marry her, then he's left without a wife. So here's going to be our solution. You can always give a get on condition, right? So I can give you a get on condition that you will, uh, you know, you will uh, fulfill a certain thing that you will uh, give me a hundred dollars. Um, so uh, you can make any kind of condition uh, on a get. So here's what he does. He says, I'm giving you a get. He gives it to her before Yom Kippur starts and says, this will be your get on condition that you die on Yom Kippur. <laughs> okay. Now, how does this help? Well, if she ends up dying, if the, uh, if she dies on Yom Kippur, the second wife, then that means she was already divorced and he has only one wife. And now if she does not die and the, his original, his first wife does die and the second wife stays alive, then it's, the second one is not a get. And in that case, he will also have only the second wife. Now this uh, solves a problem if one of them dies but it doesn't solve the uh, another problem. What if nobody dies? And now, now he's married to the first and he has a condition with the second. If you don't, if you, if you die, this is a get, but she doesn't die. She stays alive, then she stays alive and she's married. And, and now you still have the same problem. So you really didn't solve um, anything there. I mean, you solved one case, but you still have open, left open another case. Let's try the opposite. Right. Again, we're trying. We're trying this one. We're trying the opposite, and now now we'll think through the consequences. It's not a real good solution. So he says, "Here is your get." He tells the second wife, um, "Here's your get on condition that you don't die on Yom Kippur." So how does that help? If she doesn't die, then it kicks in. Then she's end up divorced uh, from the beginning. Uh, of Yom Kippur, so he has only one wife. If she does die, well, it's okay because he always has the first wife. So basically, either way, he's not married to the second because if either she dies and she's not alive or she doesn't die and that, therefore she's divorced. Um, so that will solve the problem of him having two wives. It doesn't solve the problem, though, the main thing that we're trying to figure out, what if his first wife dies? So, so what if she doesn't die and the get is therefore a good get so she's not married to the second wife and meaning his main wife she does die so now he has zero wives and that was the problem to begin with so that's not good okay here he, he tells the second wife here's your get and it will kick in this will be a good get on condition that either you or the other wife dies if one of you dies then this is a good get well, this also has a lot of problems. So, so at first we say, well, maybe it works because 
if the second one dies, the first one's still alive. If the first one die, if the first one dies, the second one is alive. Yeah, but it, there's other problems with it. Maybe neither of them will die. If they both stay alive, then the condition never kicks in. So the get is never a get, and he's married to two people. There's other problems with this also, but we don't even have to bring them up because there's already one problem. And besides, this is not even a valid condition on a get. I said before, you can make lots of conditions on a get, but not any condition. You cannot make a condition that will be permanent, that will last the woman's entire lifetime. Why? Because the Torah says, Sefer Kiritut has to be a, a document that separates them totally. So even if you say, you know, that you, um, on condition you have to pay me within, you know, 30 days, you have to pay me or something like that. You can make a condition. It has to be something that is either fulfilled or not fulfilled within some time period, right? I can say on condition that you don't go to Disney World within the next year, right? That's okay. But if I say that you don't do something your whole life, then that's not, you never separated the husband and the wife because her whole life, she never knows, are we fully separated? The condition might always kick in. And that's what happens here. If I say, here's you get, you divorced from now, we're separating on condition that you don't drink wine your whole life or that I don't drink wine my whole life. Now, these are not valid conditions because Right now, her entire life, or my entire life, since, I mean, uh, the, uh, the, we're never separated, because it could be at any point in time, before I die, or before she dies, if someone takes a drink of wine, then it was not a valid divorce, and so she's always connected, and saying, maybe I'm not divorced. So this is not a good, this is not a good condition, and therefore, this is the same thing. Peloni. Uh, so over here, this is the same thing. If he says, this is a, you are, this divorce is on condition that one of you dies. Well, she's not going to die until she dies, right? I mean, her whole life, this condition will be active. And therefore, you cannot have a condition that's active someone's whole life. On the other hand, if you say, listen, this get, um, uh, I give you a get, and as it's valid, all as long as someone else um, uh, doesn't, uh, is, uh, as long as someone else doesn't drink wine uh, all of their days, that's okay. Because it's dependent on the third party and that third party may die before either the husband or wife. So there is some point at which the condition will be final. And so that is a separate kiditut. So it's okay to depend it on someone else's life, but not on the wife of the husband and the, or the wife. So therefore, there are many problems with this solution. Um, and that's an interesting law about the, the, the about conditions on gitin. So we try something else. So we will remove the half of that of the previous condition. So I give you a get and says this get will kick in on condition that the first wife does not die. Now, let's see how that works. If the first wife does not die, then the second wife is retroactively divorced. So then he has one wife. That's, that's good. If the first wife does die, then then the condition is nullified, right? There's no, the condition does not stand and the get is not a get because um, she in fact died. And so the second wife remains married. And there you go, we, have, we solved the problem with this condition. Okay, this looks like a very good solution, but now we're gonna bring in yet another factor. Maybe the first wife will die in the middle of the day. 
Ve'igali milita lemafred gita deha lav gitahu. And since the first wife died, well, that was the condition on the condition that she doesn't die. So therefore, the get is not a good get. So therefore, he's married to the second wife the whole time. And the first wife died in the middle of the day, which means the first half of the day, he was married to two wives. So this is not good. Let's try the opposite. He tells the second wife, this is your get on condition that the first wife does die. Wait, that also doesn't work. Maybe the first wife will die, and then that, that will kick in the get. Now his first wife died, and he, he divorced the second wife. Now he has no wife at all. So that's really not good. So rather, here's what he's going to do. He's actually going to give two gitim, both to his, his, his regular first wife and to the second replacement wife. And they're both going to have a condition, but different conditions. To the second one, he says, this will be a get if the first wife doesn't die. So that way, if the first wife stays alive, he's good. He has one wife. He doesn't need the second one. So that get will retroactively be uh, effective, and he's married to only one. And to the, his first wife, his regular wife, he says, this is your get on condition that you don't go to a shul on, on, on Yom Kippur. Uh, so now it's in her hands, right? She can see what happens if the second wife, if the second wife um, ends up uh, remaining alive, she can always walk into a Bet Knesset and that will trigger uh, the get um, all right, so this is your get on condition, right? So actually, if she doesn't uh, go into a bed Knesset, um, then it will be a get. So she'll be divorced from the first. Uh, will be divorced from the first wife, and will be with only the second wife the whole time. Um, and if she sees that the second wife is uh, is uh, has is dying or has died, then she can always walk into a bed Knesset and. The, the get will be nullified and then he'll have remain with the second wife with the first wife okay poor guy has to divorce his regular wife in the nor in a regular case um so the deal wait a second maybe the second wife won't die and now she's supposed to walk into a bed but if she doesn't she says i don't want to i don't want the i don't want to trigger it Oh no, she, she, she walks in, she doesn't walk in, and then because she doesn't walk in, it is a get. And both of them actually kick in, and now he's divorced from both. And he has no, so he has no control over his first wife. Maybe she won't fulfill the condition that's supposed to happen. This is going to be our final answer to the first, to one he says, meaning the second wife, let's say, he says, This is your get on condition that the first wife does not die. So then that the first wife does not, stays alive, the second wife will be, uh, will be divorced. He has only one wife. This is your, your, he tells his first wife, this is your get on condition that I, the Queen Gadol says, I go to a Bet Knesset. Usually he's not going to go to a Bet Knesset on Yom Kippur. He's in the Bet HaMikdash the whole time. But there's Bet Knesset nearby. He can always take a break and walk into a Bet Knesset if he needs to trigger uh, that they, they get from the first wife. 
Uh, for example, if the second wife remains alive, then he can do that. So So whatever, if, if one of them dies, he can always, uh, the, the divorce of the other one will kick in and the other way around. Uh, so this seems to work. Now, what are you worried about? Why did we get into this whole thing? That maybe the first wife will die in the middle of the day. And then uh, they'll, ha- they'll end up having that he was married to two wives for the first half of the day. So here's the solution. If the Kun Gadol sees, right, they say, oh, listen, your first wife, she just had a heart attack and she's about to die. She has only three minutes to live. So no problem. So he'll run to the Bet Knesset, enter into the Bet Knesset. As soon as he does that, it triggers the get. Then he was retroactively divorced from his first wife from the, before Yom Kippur started. And that way he's married only to the second wife. Um, and uh, her condition is, this is your get on condition that my, the first wife doesn't die. So if she does die, then it's not a get. And so he's married only to the second. Okay, good. We have a solution. Matkifla, but we're not done with questions yet. Matkifla rav aseve itema rav avira. Ela ma'ata sheteyivamot about me bait echad lo yitiabemu yivimto yivimto riba. Okay, so now we're going to, it's, it's a question on the derivation. We said the Kohen Gadol may marry to one wife because it says v'chipher ba'adobad beto. So therefore beto means singular one wife. Now this is going to be a problem for the laws of yibum. Uh, in general, if a man is married to one wife and he dies without children, so his brother will do, is obligated to do yibum. And we learn that from the last pasuk nine over here it says Ashe lo yivne et bet achiv. Uh, if he refuses and does chalitza, she goes up and says, "Look at the you know a shame on this man who does not build the bet achiv, the house of his brother, meaning the wife of his brother. He's not he's not taking care of his uh, brother's wife. Now it says bet meaning singular, right? Not bate echav." So what happens if someone is married to two wives? Man's married to two wives and he dies without children. Now, would you say that the law of Yibum does not apply because it says bait and singular and not plural? Would anybody say that? We don't say that. That's not the halacha. But following through on your uh, on your uh, derivation that the Kohen has to be married to one wife. If bait means one wife, then it has to be one wife here. So the answer is, no, it's different over here because it says yivim to, yivim to twice, right there in the first pasuk. yivim to, yivim to. Pasuk 9, it says it again, actually. Um, but because it has yivim to twice, that includes even if there are more than one wife. So therefore, the word by, by itself does mean one wife, but the word, the, the doubling of yivim to here teaches us that even if he's married to two wives, you have to do yibum. Next question. Uh, since you just said that beto, remember, it wasn't good enough for the Kohen Gadol to just be dukidushin. He has to actually be married. So beto means married. Now, what if someone does kidushin with a, with a woman and then he dies without children? Uh, so does yibum apply? According to you, since you said the word beto, Right, so you only have to do yibum if it's betof, he's married, and not with, not if it's only kiddushin. But that's not the halacha. So how are you going to explain? How, where are you going to, where are you going to derive the obligation for that? This as well is from actually a pasuk a little bit before that says uben elot dotiye eshet hamet hachutsa 
leish zar. And peshat means that the the surviving wife should not, the wife of the dead brother, should not be go hachutza leishar, should not have to go outside and marry a stranger. Rather, her brother-in-law should take care of him. But the rabbis uh, derive they take the word hachutza as an adjective to eshetamet. What kind of eshetamet? One that is an outsider, right? Meaning not fully married. So even though she's not fully married and she's still a half outsider, right? Because someone who doesn't do kiddushin, she can't marry anybody else, but she's not really yet married to the to that brother. Um, nevertheless, is still required. To um, to have um, to have uh, yibum done, and so we learned it from that word. And but you're right. Otherwise, if it had betor by itself, it would mean one wife that you are married to. So we solved all those problems. Good. Tenora banan kohen gadol makriv onen veno ochel. Okay. Um, this is not. We're going to see how this is relevant to our discussion. The beginning of it is not immediately relevant. This is another halacha that we're going to tie in. It says Kohen Gadol, if he's onen, a close relative dies, the day of the of the death is person is onen, uh, acute mourner. Um, he can nevertheless, he's Kohen Gadol, he can still perform his services as Kohen Gadol. It's permitted, but he cannot eat from any of the korbanot. So he can do it, but he can't eat them. The Biuda Omer Kol Hayom. Biuda says this cryptic word all day. Now we're not sure what the Biuda meant by this word all day. What is it? Was he arguing about? What is it? He can eat. He can't eat. He can. He can't serve. What is he saying? Well, let's see a couple of different interpretations to try to figure out what the Biuda meant. My Kol Hayom Amar Rava Lo Nisrecha Ela Lahavio Mitoch Beto. Rava says not only is he the Kohen Gadol allowed to serve. We make him serve. Let's say he's home and crying and sad. We say, sorry, you're going gadol. You got to come out. This is, you got to serve uh, today. That's your job. And that way, maybe it will help ease his pain that he's involved in the, in the avodah and won't think, too, won't think too much about his loss. So that's what he means, kol hayom. Yes, he has to serve the whole day. Sabaya challenges this. It says, Rebiuda, in another source, is actually says, the opposite. So it doesn't make sense for that he would be the one to say, not only can he serve, but he has to serve. Because look, look what he says in the Spraita. The Biudah's opinion is, if a Kohen, it's not clear if it's talking about Kohen Gadol, probably, probably talking about just a regular Kohen. Um, a Kohen is serving, and all of a sudden he hears news, a, rel- a close relative died. So he should just stop what he's doing and leave, someone else will take over. That's the Biudah's opinion. The Biyoseo says, let him finish what he's doing first, don't stop in the middle, and then he'll, then he'll go home. Um, so you see that the Biyudah is the one that says he should stop in the middle and go home. So does it make sense that the Biyudah would be the one to say, bring him from his house and come and serve? So it does, this doesn't make sense. The Biyudah would be the one that's, that's machmir on him. If in this other source, he's mekel on, in general on Kohanim who are, in, uh, who are onenim. So uh, Abaye therefore offers a second interpretation. Opposite. The Biudah meant to say he should not serve. The Tanakhama said he may serve. The Biudah says no. The Kohen Gadol should not serve if he's on end because 
um, he may eat. He's not supposed to eat, right? But we just said onen can serve but not eat. But if he's there and he's doing everything, then he has a there's a chance that he's going to uh, end up eating. Without realizing. Wait a second. Would Biuda be the one to say that we're worried? Maybe he will come to eat. So we have an our Mishnah, the Buddha was the one that said, we worry that maybe his wife will die. And so we bring a second wife uh, for him. Now, if his wife dies, that means he's still serving, right? In the, in the Bet HaMikdash and doing work. And the Buddha did not make a, did, did not make a gezera. He didn't say, oh, if his wife dies, then he should go home. Right, because maybe he might come to eat something. He didn't say that. He says he continues to serve, and we get a second wife. So it doesn't make sense that a biuda. This is the same as biuda. Be the one that said beforehand that you worry about him making a gezera. but has a good answer. you're comparing that case before that happens all year round to Yom Kippur. Hatam kevan the Yom Kippur who the kulamalakachle hunami on Yom Kippur, he's fasting. Nobody's eating. He's not going to come to eat. You don't have to worry that he's going to, right? The other Kwanim are not eating either. So for sure, he's not going to eat. That's why even though um, even though his wife died and he is Onen, and Onen cannot eat, but Yom Kippur, he's definitely not going to eat anyway. So he can continue to serve. We don't have to worry. But in a regular case, all year round, uh, where if his close relative dies, and then all the Kwanim are all eating, that's just the regular thing to do. In that case, well, he might just forget and end up eating with them. So in that case, we do make a Gezera, and Kohen uh, Gadol cannot serve. Good. Good. Hold on. Now we're, now, now we're connecting it to what we said before. In such a case, right? Remember, if his wife uh, dies on Yom Kippur, then is he really onen? We said he will, he will walk into a Bet Knesset, and that way, retroactively, his wife will have been divorced, right? Because we don't want, if someone dies in the middle of the day, we don't want him to have two wives in the beginning of the day. And so he uh, walks into Bet Knesset, and since she's divorced, he doesn't have to sit, right? He's not on end. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He's not a. He's not a close relative anymore because she was divorced before. Uh, so then, in that case, there wouldn't be any problem at all. He wouldn't be on end. The answer is so okay fine maybe he's not technically an onen because he's now he was just retroactively divorced but nevertheless he's still he's still very troubled over his wife who died so it still has the same psychological effect and he won't be able to fully concentrate on his avodah so therefore he's still considered similar to the category of onen um, so fascinating back and forth and uh, I think this is just uh, shows that the Kohen Gadol really has to separate himself from everybody else and totally devote his mind and, and uh, all of his uh, all of his efforts and connections and thoughts to the service and to make bringing atonement for Am Yisrael. And yes, he has to have a family uh, in order to feel that connection to uh, atone for his family and thereby atone for everybody else. But otherwise, um, uh, when uh, you know he has to be protected from, from uh, feeling that sense of mourning and then and thereby be unable to serve. So he has to always have this wife 
at least one wife in waiting, no matter who it is. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.